This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown alongside Michelle McQuig and Joita Gupta. Let's address our next topic. There is big drama when it comes to the rollout of $10 a day daycare across the country. Daycare providers say they need more resources or they're going to have to shut down Provinces are asking for more money. Ontario is asking city-run daycares to do financial audits of their services. And the federal government says the provinces knew they were what they were signing on to, and there's no more money to go around. Michelle, that is just the thumbnail sketch of thumbnail sketch. I probably could have played about 15... Oh, I, <laughs> I, I could have played about 15 audio clips in this introduction, but I wanted to get to the conversation, because this does beg... A question. $10 a day daycare is an important policy. It was a huge plank in the 2021 election. I know people who voted for the Liberals simply because of that policy plank. How much yeah. patience do you have for growing pains when governments are rolling out an important policy? Personally, I have a certain amount for it. I have, I have, I'd say probably higher than most. So take everything I say with a grain of salt for that reason. These things do take time. It is a very complicated program to run out. We've talked before about the jurisdictional tug of war that's inevitable in a case like this when you get feds in the provinces and territories involved. But at the same time, you, you it does raise some questions about the math. Uh, presumably all parties were in a position to do a bit of math before this deal came out. And it does raise some questions about whether 10 bucks perhaps uh, sounded good as, as a campaign slogan, oh, and maybe twenty oh, bucks a day might have been a little I better. Get, I want to get to that. Don't you worry. Okay, then I will hold my fire. But yeah, I, I, I do definitely have questions about the amount of due diligence that was performed by all parties. Um, certainly, not the operators so much. It's difficult for them to make decisions until they're actually confronted with the realities of these things. But surely, uh, some of these hurdles could have been at least somewhat foreseeable. And so, I wonder how that came about. Joita, knowing that billions of dollars were on offer here over the course of five years, the grand total is $30 billion, but the rollout is going poorly, right? When, when operators are sounding the alarm saying, we can't work under this funding model and do $10 a day, and provinces are asking the feds for more money and asking people to do audits, and at the end of the day, the people who are suffering are parents who would be the people who want to benefit from this program. How much patience do you have? Um, like Michelle, I probably have more patience than might be evident um you know in the military they have a saying that no plan survives contact with the enemy and of course we're not talking in terms of you know adversaries here but it is a good point to note that things do often look um and sound a lot better on paper than they do in practice and this is a complicated program to roll out uh involving you know thousands of people across the country very different local realities and many different providers and clients. So, of course, there were going to be growing pains. 
Uh, could the government have done more? Could we have had deeper negotiations? Uh, I know Ontario sat on the fence with this one for a really long time. It was the last province yes. to sign on. So, yeah. you know, and yet, despite all the bickering in the back and forth, we're still having people come up with, you know, complaints. And I don't know how much of that is really the government's fault. I know it's it's nice to blame the government for everything going wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, if you look at the case in Alberta, one of the clauses that was built into the agreement was a 3% increase that would go up every year so that, you know, to account for inflation. And we've talked about how, as a result of the pandemic, inflation has just been through the roof. We're probably mm -hmm. talking about a 20 to 25%, maybe 20% cumulative, you know, increase to inflation since the pandemic began mm -hmm. in 2020. And did the, the question really at the core of this is, did anyone see this coming? And I am not an economist, so I will readily say I didn't. So I'm going to wash my hands off of it. But the government did have people who ostensibly are more knowledgeable than, you know, the three of us. And I think the real question is, you know, did anyone anticipate the implications of the pandemic in trying to roll out what is undoubtedly a very ambitious program and one that the Liberal government intends to fully milk in the run-up to the next election oh, is a time. major political oh, yeah. victory. Yeah. So the question really is not so much, you know, are we concerned about the growing pains? Because I think we have to kind of accept the growing pains for what they are, uh, an inevitability. Uh, but I think the question really that then becomes, did they actually roll out this plan bearing in mind the context? And the context is everybody's struggling. The, the economy was struggling and limping after the pandemic. And, yeah. and did they actually factor that in? When yeah. I say patience, though, it's not simply directed <clears throat> at the federal government. It's it's directed at, at almost everybody involved here. Because for the vast majority of provinces, deals were struck by the end of 2022. And things started rolling out late last year and early this year. And it takes two years to certify early childhood educators. That That's about the time frame that it takes to train an ECE, let alone give them internships and opportunities to grow. So you had to know there was going to be a demand here and it required some urgency. So although I might have patience for growing pains that patience is only going to go so far and i'll tell you the patience of voters who are directly impacted by this is going to be even lower than my mm -hmm. own it's it's just one of these moments that's a reminder that you can have these big picture policies in play mm -hmm. but implementation is so so critical and in in life in implementing anything like you said joita use the military example there's always going to be that rough one year to eight 18 months. The scale was much much smaller, but the cannabis rollout in this country was an mm -hmm. was an like was an unmitigated disaster oh, yeah. for about a year yes. and a half, and that has pretty like that has pretty much stabilized itself. There there are still some economic challenges for companies that maybe thought they were going to become a billion dollar corporation and now <laughs> are going bankrupt. But but yeah. but, <laughs> but but the reality is sometimes that that the real world is going to get in the way of, of of implementation. But Michelle, one of the reasons why I'm on this patience thing is because of the importance of the program. You know, the Liberal government, this is where I will put a little bit on the feds, touted this as societally transformational, right? So if you want to do something that's yeah. socially transformational, you've really got to get it right, especially if you do want to tout it as a victory in a, in a 2025 election campaign. You've got to get it right, but you are also you are also a bit reinventing the wheel. This is a brand new system. We have not had anything like it here. So I, I do think that growing pains are even more inevitable in a case like this. It's not like they're revisiting an old template. So I have, again, still more patience for that sort of thing. But I do think some political context matters. 
I suspect if this kind of program had been rolled out in 27 or 17 or 18, when public appetite for the Liberals was much, much, much higher and there was greater tolerance for, for uh, their various actions, that this might not come under as much direct scrutiny or pressure. Now it's, it's added to the pile of the many, many things that many, many Canadians are perceived that this government has messed up. And I think that's contributing to some of the, the the tone and tenor of the conversations with the provinces. They know, especially those who who don't historically agree with this government, they know that this government is a bit of a sitting duck at the mm. moment and, and is an easy target. So I think all of that is also relevant to the conversation and might be influencing the tone a bit because you're right, things do even out. And it's worth noting, I think, that this program is nowhere near done spooling up. It's supposed to keep spooling up over the next three or four years. Yeah, so. yeah. The, the the funding that was struck was over it was over a five year a five year commitment uh, period of time, right? So it wasn't thirty billion dollars in one shot. It was supposed to exactly. be rolled out over, yeah. over a period of time to to help up ramp up the system. Uh, Joita, I, I made the comment off the top here that I probably could have played about fifteen sound clips of finger pointing from various levels of government and childcare operators and early childhood educators associations i could have played a lot of clips off the top of this uh, segment that would have involved a lot of finger pointing what does this 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 conversation suggest to you more broadly about the way in which uh downloading and jurisdiction ends up impacting policy in canada I think it's an inevitability that we're going to have some finger pointing. Take, in, take for example, the housing file, right? Everybody's been oh. passing the buck on oh. that one for oh, yeah. decades now. So I think it's a pretty clear, surefire indication that the the wrangling, the political dissatisfaction, the horse trading, and the quibbling is just part and parcel of, of, of federalism. And we're not going to get away from it anytime soon. Uh, the, you know, it's worth noting that um, while we have a, you know, a, a liberal government uh, on the federal, at the federal level, uh, provincially, you're seeing a lot of conservative or NDP government. So there isn't that kind of unanimity in, in point of view. And maybe, you know, for, uh, you know, maybe, you know, even those kind of distressing uh, on the surface, maybe there's some value in the back and forth and the finger pointing, mm. because that's how you end up with good policies yeah. when you get criticism from different people in different places. Uh, so, you know, am I annoyed by it? Sure. I mean, would it not have been nice if everybody had just gotten along and agreed with everything? But that's just not how it works. And <laughs> the real world right the real world uh michelle maybe my feeling on finger pointing is maybe y'all should have finger pointed while you were handing out uh, checks for billions of dollars maybe but like joita said there's the, the uh, there's the theory of the program and the practice of the program so a fresh round of finger pointing doesn't surprise me a whole lot in the, <laughs> in the context of that um especially now that the child care operators themselves have a chance to weigh in right this is a, a voice that couldn't by definition be fully included in the rollout and and in the design of the program and in the, the negotiations that took place between the governments and the provinces. I'd like to think that some of the associations re representing them would have been involved at some point, but now we've got the actual people on the ground weighing in, and that's a whole different perspective that needs to be accounted for. You've both... Time for that. 
you've, you've, you've both alluded to this, and it's, it's worth grappling with the question if $10 a day was actually the right number, or did it just sound good? Because growing up in Quebec, $5 a day daycare was a big thing. That was something mm -hmm. people talked about. Yeah. But that's when I would, that was 1997 or 1998, those conversations were going on about $5 a day daycare. It's, it's uh, 25 years later, and uh, inflation is certainly more than doubled. And I know that none of us can truly answer this question, especially considering there is supposed to be subsidization going on in this program. But Joita, was $10 a day ever actually the right number? Was it just optically kind of nice? Who's to say? I mean, it could have been $5 a day across yeah. the country. Certainly, Quebec, you know, it's a well-known example. Or if you want to be, you know, if, if if $10 a day falls short, then why not 15 right? So I don't know if the actual number is the more interesting part of this question for me, but... I think in trying to determine what that number was, uh, yes, I mean, I mean, part of it could have been optics, undoubtedly, uh, right? It's it's the the less you the the number is is a nice round number, ten dollars a day, works out <laughs> to about two hundred dollars a month, you know, for parents who are working full time per kid. Uh, so you know, and maybe some people would say even that's too much. But I think the really interesting question for me is not so much whether $10 a day was the right number, but I kind of asked myself, did they have the right conversations about balancing affordability of, of user fees with the actual cost of running the program? Yes. And I think that's really where yeah. the the discontent has burbled to the surface is not, no one's saying $10 a day is bad. Everyone is saying, we, you know, we, we, you know, I think most Childcare providers would support affordable options for parents um, because I know a lot of parents have, in the absence of affordable daycare options, that are, you know they've gone for unregulated daycare options and things like that. So no one's actually going to turn around and say we don't support ten dollars a day. Uh, I think the real question is, did we have honest conversations about how much this was actually going to cost to run? Yeah, uh, and exactly. I think that's yeah. that's really where things have gotten to uh, uh, come to a head. And really, you know, if, if this is supposed to be the socially transform transformative program, then why aren't we being more ambitious? Why aren't we just talking about eliminating user fees altogether? I mean, we no longer have co-payments for healthcare. Do you have to pull out your wallet and pay every time you go to an emergency room or even to a, a you know to a doctor's office? So if we've eliminated co-pay payments in healthcare, and we have this, you know, uh, admittedly, you know, there are flaws, but we do have a socialized a, a, a system of socialized medicine in, and healthcare in Canada. If you really want to talk about this as being a socially transformative program, maybe the really ambitious policy plank here would be to say maybe we should move towards a, a model where we don't have uh, we don't have a, a, a user fee at all. You know, yeah. Even $10 a day can act, can actually be quite a lot for someone, especially if you're living in Toronto. We've already talked about yeah, the yeah. rising cost of everything, yeah. right? So, Michelle, I think some of the context that matters here is when you talk to parents who, before this policy was being rolled out, were spending $1,000 a month, $1,500 exactly. a month, $2,000 yes. a month. This is why I, I, I know I know the way I frame the question is $10 the right number. You know, Juita is right to identify. The crux of the question is, was enough due diligence done to figure out what the right number was or yeah. did it just look really good on a campaign flyer yeah exactly we're all in agreement here and and i i have the same questions because like you said dave and that's what i was going to say is that this government had a lot of wiggle room to come down even if they had let's say set the figure at 25 dollars a day which many many would have argued is still too high but it's a huge discount from what was what's happening before outside of quebec
Now, maybe the Quebec template put too much, uh, well, it was too clear a one to, to follow for the government and deviations from that would have been seen as a bit of a political failure. I'm not sure about the political calculations that would have gone into this, but I have the exact same questions as you. Is, was the math done? This kind of comes back to what I was saying off the top. Did people sit down and crunch the numbers and say, yeah, 10 bucks is a totally sustainable number to target here? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not clear. I don't want to speculate. Yeah. But the fact that these conversations are happening so early in a five-year rollout does beg them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and or did, or did, sorry, and, and did someone actually sit down and say, hang on a second, these are our numbers. We've just had a massive pandemic and everything's gone up yeah. in price. Do we need to revisit the totally. yeah. numbers? You know? Or, or, yeah, have, or, sure. or have built-in escalators, right? Juita, you talked about the 3% mm -hmm. in Alberta, right? Understanding that you have to, because this is such an important service, right? Like, the, like that's an important, I'm not just saying the policy is important. Mm -hmm. The people who do the work are important and the quality of the work is important so you want to make the most important so you, many would argue in very very important so the you want to make sure that you're creating wiggle room and space so you can give ECEs teachers and support staff raises along the way as well and I, I think that's where again that the crux of the question yes I'm being cheeky when I say was ten dollars the right number but the bigger question is do you cost this out properly considering how important it is? Now, I've said important eight times in the last 20 <laughs> seconds, so that's a sign that it's time to move on. Coming up after the break, the Toronto District School Board is cancelling classes in April for one day on account of a solar eclipse. How appropriate is that? This is the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.